asked about was Nexo. Um, so this is something we've talked about on the last couple. Um, so Nexo, for the people that don't know, it's a, it's a, um, it's a, it's kind of like a crypto bank um, where you can hold your crypto there and you can, um, you can earn interest by holding it. And then you can also um, put your cryptocurrency on Nexo and then um, you can extend a line of credit without a credit check. Um, and so um, th this can be really useful and that, and that fits right into the, the, the topic that one of the topics, which was um, by bar borrowing against the Bitcoin that you already have as collateral to lower your average price that, that you got. Um, and so, um, so Nexo, uh, you can deposit, um, I think it has a whole list of cryptocurrencies that you can like, you know, deposit across this. So, you know, a whole bunch of them and you can get a line of credit. So it, it's, it's like a secured line of credit. So you actually have to have collateral and then you can on, on, on Nexo in particular, you have to have twice the amount of collateral than, than you're borrowing. Um, so it's a little different than like, like a credit card where you, you don't necessarily have to have the money to be able to get the line of credit on the credit card. Um, this is different. Like no one would ever give you like a line of credit in crypto without like you ha you know, without them being sure you could pay it back. And so Nexo requires two to one, um, two, you know, two, two parts collateral for one part line of credit. Um, and um, so like a common use case of this is um, if like, say you have, you have a lot of crypto, but maybe the price, you know, maybe it's the price has been going down for a while and you need, you have some emergency expense that comes up um, and you need to, you don't want to sell your crypto because maybe the price is lower than you'd like, um, but you can borrow against it um, and you, you can take out, um, you know, take out a line of credit and then um, you, you can pay back. Like, I think the, I'd have to look exactly at the, at the terms, but um, I think like up to four years for paying it back. Um, and you get a pretty competitive interest rate. Um, and um, so I think what, uh, what Hamlet asked about was, um, so like Nexo, they have their own cryptocurrency called Nexo. And um, up here where it says, enjoy our lowest crypto credit line, borrow now at 5.9% APR. So that's the rate that you'll get. Uh, that, that's, that's the rate that you can get depending on how much Nexo you have. So people that buy and hold the Nexo token, um, you can, you, you can get your, you can reduce your interest rate on here. Um, and so, um, I think Nexo is actually, okay. Nexo isn't there. Um, so Nexo is like, just like any other cryptocurrency Nexo, it's, um, it, it's just a, I, in ERC 20 token. So it's based on Ethereum. So it, it works with a lot of the existing like MetaMask, like the, the wallet that we use. Um, it works with that. And um, let's see, I want to look at the price chart. And so I think, that, is that what you're asking about, Hemo? Is it like you saw different interest rates? Yeah, so like I, um, when I did the first Hex purchase a couple weeks ago, no, that was a while ago, um, I took out a loan on Nexo. And then, so it's been running, right? And I've been generating interest. And I noticed that it's not 5.9%, but then I also noticed that I don't know how it knows that I have um, next somewhere else. Like it has to be tied to 
um, either Coinbase or some something like that. And I just don't know how to link the two and or how to purchase next here so that it's connected with it. So when I did click on it in, in my account, um, it took me to some other thing to, to link the wallet, but I had never seen that before and I didn't want to move forward with it. So it was a little confusing for me um, yes. because I want to do a purchase of Hex again. Um, but I just, if it's going to give me a higher interest rate, I'm just still looking at like the best way to do that. Because mm -hmm. I was going to also look at the, the other exchanges you told me from the last call, because it, it was like um, 10 to 1, I think Kraken or something like that. There were a couple of different options. So I just want to see which one is going to be like the best rate and the best offering. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's a great question. Um, so um, Nexo, you can, it's actually an excellent question because we, we can, we can even cover some of the Uniswap stuff on it because where I bought my Nexo from was from Uniswap. Um, so the same place that, that you can buy Hex from, um, you can also buy Nexo. Um, and I think that like, so with, with the Nexo loans that I've taken out, I have some Nexo and I hold, I, I deposited my Nexo coin in my Nexo account. And then by your Nexo being in your account, um, that's how, like I, I was able to get a discount on the interest rate. So I think that you're like, if, if the Nexo that you have is held in that, like, uh, in that like index fund account, um, I, I, I don't see how it could be linked to here. Um, yeah. So it, it might like, you, you may need to like, you may not be able to buy, uh, you, you may not be able to, um, you know, use that Nexo to get you a lower interest rate. Probably the, the index fund, they probably hold their Nexo on Nexo and they probably use that to get a low interest rate for trading. Yeah. So then, um, so I can, I can purchase it here, but like, what would be the best way to do that? So the way that where I purchased my hex was MetaMask, I never used Uniswap. So I'm going to obviously open up Uniswap. Well, you don't have to open up anything from what you're saying. So I am going to go on Uniswap once you give me the name of that token. And, and cause I tried to look for it <laughs> earlier, but, but I know you're going to talk about it later, but I didn't know which one it was. Um, yeah. cause I can just start moving everything over to Uniswap and doing it there. But my additional question would then be, so how how much Nexo do I have to have in the wallet to get that rate? Um, so here, let me share. Uh, so Nexo interest rate discount. Let's, I'll, I'll share this link in here. Um, so yeah. So it's, you, you'll probably just have to read this and take it in. Um, from what I understand is that um, based on how much Nexo you have relative to the size of your loan, that's how you can get closer to this like really small interest rate. Mm -hmm. um, so um, the, the trade-off with that is just that like by holding Nexo, um, you're, you know, you, you maybe Nexo might not be going up in price as fast as like other things, you know, like for instance, like right, you know, over the, like say we, we look at like the Nexo chart, like it, it kind of goes pretty flat. Sometimes like people buy up a lot of it. Um, but like, you know, ne ne as like an investment, um, like 
things, things like Nexo, uh, like the, the reason why you would buy and hold it are to like get a lower interest rate. So that could help the price go up um, for sure. Um, and then also um, you, you can hold, by holding Nexo, you can actually um, like earn some of the fees on Nexo. So by holding it, you, there, there's some type of, um, there, there's some type of, I'll, I'll have to find it, but there, there's some type of like uh, other value for holding Nexo where like you, you get, it, it's like some type of like revenue sharing model with Nexo, the business. So there, there's like a couple of reasons to hold it. Um, but I mean, if you just look at the price chart, like, you know, it, it doesn't necessarily look like it's trending in, in any one direction. Um, and so like, you know, by holding it to get a lower interest rate, you have to factor in the trade-off that like, you know, you're, you're buying, you're, you're using money that you could have held in something else to hold Nexo to get that lower interest rate. And so you have to, you know, try to calculate or at least guesstimate what amount of money you're saving by getting the reduced, um, you know, the, what they call the Nexo prime rate. Like if you're getting 5.9% interest rate as opposed to the 11.9 standard one, which is still like lower than any credit card you might see, like that's still a great rate. Um, the, like the amount that you're saving on interest payments over this period of time, um, it, it actually may not be that much lower or it may not be that much more than like what you could have got by just not holding Nexo, you know, accepting the higher interest rate, but then putting the money that you would have held in Nexo into something that like you think could go up more in price. Um, that's like, yeah, so yeah, but great question. And that's, that's a really great kind of introduction to, um, you know, what, what we're, you know, like for, for the people that I've talked to him about this topic a couple times, um, so far, but, um, but like the, the whole lending ecosystem in the Bitcoin space, like I actually think that the, like the killer application of cryptocurrencies is collateral for lending. Um, and it works that way because, um, like, you know, like you, you might otherwise extend a line of credit from your house or you might go into a pawn shop and take in like your wedding ring and try to get a loan. Or, you know, you might, you know, go to your friend and try to get a loan and, you know, maybe ask for some type of collateral or, or, you know, you go to a bank and they look at your credit score and, um, you know, there's always different ways to get loans, but cryptocurrencies work really well as collateral because, um, for one, they, it's the, the cost of, of holding it is zero. Like it costs nothing to just like hold Bitcoin. Like unlike, you know, your house, like if you were to like extend a line of credit against your house, like the cost of owning your house is like pretty high. You know, you have property taxes, you have maintenance, you have, you know, all these other things to like maintain the value of your home during the duration of your line of credit. Um, you know, so that, that's, you know, that's something there. Or like, you know, if, if you're going to go and, you know, take your ring into a pawn shop to get a loan, like you know, the pawn shop has to like physically store this thing. So, you know, so they have to like have like safes and like security and insurance and all the stuff. Um, whereas when you're borrowing it to your Bitcoin, like when you post it as collateral, it costs nothing to hold it. Um, so that, that's one reason. Another reason is that Bitcoin is very liquid. Like, you know, if, if you, if your house, if like you borrow against your house and then like, 
you can't make the payments and then the bank repossesses your house. Like the bank actually has to like go through the process of selling it, which might take many months and they may not get like, you know, a, a good price. Um, you know, just depending on, you know, the season and all these other factors. Um, and so like, whereas like with Bitcoin, like you can sell it at any time, like instantly, like it, it's very liquid. And like the, the, the price that people are willing to pay for Bitcoin is, is it's pretty equal across the board. You know, like you taking out a loan against your house in Palo Alto, California, that's a little different than, than taking out a loan against your house in Cheyenne, Wyoming. Um, you know, if like they're identical houses, you know, they, they would just have different credit lines, different, you know, different circumstances and sell, you know, trying to liquidate the home is different. Whereas like in Bitcoin, it doesn't matter where you are, it's easy to sell. So because it's so liquid and because it's so cheap and easy to store and because you can prove ownership, um, like, you know, if like, there's no like posting fake collateral, um, like sometimes like, like there, there, there are ways that you can, um, like you, even with like stocks that you might own, you can like use them as collateral. Um, but there, there are like some pretty famous cases where like financial institutions will, they will lend out shares of companies that they own. But then while they have lent out those shares, they will report them as property that they can borrow against. So sometimes like in, in other assets that you might use as collateral, um, there's uncertainty about like who actually owns it. Whereas like with Bitcoin, like whoever has the private keys owns the Bitcoin. Um, and so it, it's like really cheap to verify that like the collateral that is posted is like secured in a particular account and isn't like shared amongst numerous people. Um, so that, that's like what, what makes Bitcoin such a good um, like thing for, for lending. And because of that, um, it, it has this unique characteristic where um like because there there's so many play, like so many different places extend a line of credit if you have bitcoin as collateral you can actually use that to your advantage to um to decrease the average price that you might have bought bitcoin at um so like i, I made this calculator because like um you know like I, I have some friends that like you know uh, like, you know, they, 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 they bought Bitcoin when it was like $20,000. There's like a three day period where you could get Bitcoin at like 20 K. And I know people that bought up that, that high and they're kind of upset about it. And like, you know, kind of discouraged and didn't want to continue trying to invest. Um, and, but, but like once you have the Bitcoin, like any amount, um, it's, it still is a strong form of collateral. And you can take it to various platforms like, like Nexo that that's one for instance, where you can post your Bitcoin as collateral and then get a loan. And then you can, and like with Nexo, it's unique in the fact that you can like move the money. Like you, you like say you just need to like pay something for something in real life. You can take out a loan and like, you can actually get the Nexo loan deposited into your bank account. Um, but like there, there are other uh, platforms that let you use it for use the Bitcoin as collateral to get a loan to trade with um, where, you know, we're on Nexo because they let you take the money out. You have to post two to one collateral. So if you're going to borrow $500, you have to post a thousand dollars worth of Bitcoin. Um, whereas on other, ex like on exchanges that offer, it's called margin. Um, you, you just have to like, like for the one that I use for instance called Kraken. Um, for every, 
you know, one dollar of Bitcoin that you have as collateral, you can get a loan of five dollars. So they offer five to one leverage. So it's like one to five collateral. Um, and what that allows you to do is like, if you were to buy, like say it like a high price. So like, I guess I can just walk through the count, the like calculator to kind of show how it is. And, and I'll share this with you all so you can make a copy and kind of have, um, but like say, you know, buy Bitcoin, they say, it's going to hundred K they say, and say you bought in at $20,000. Like say you bought, you know, you had, you had $20,000 and now your Bitcoin is, you know, you bought one Bitcoin at $20,000. Like you were the person that bought the very top. Um, you know, so like, let's, let's pull up the chart so we can kind of, you know, look at, look at what it looks like. Um, so like, you're this guy, <laughs> like, this is you right here. Like you bought right there. Um, thought it was going hundred K, but you are this wick. Um, and so you bought in that, that much. And then like right now the price is like 90. So say it goes down to 10,000 is about where it's at right now. So price has gone down 50%. So your one Bitcoin, uh, that you bought at 20 K is now worth only 10 K. Um, but what you can do is you can take it to, uh, kraken.com. So I'll, I'll share all these links in here. Um, Kraken is an exchange. There's others like it. So Kraken, um, so Kraken does, so here we'll, we'll make a little, so exchange. So Kraken, they offer five to one leverage. KuCoin is another one that I know of. Um, they offer 10 to one. So for every $1, you can borrow $10. Um, so we'll put this one in here too. KuCoin does 10. And there's ones like Prime XBT, which it's not available for United States people. Uh, if you're feeling edgy, you can get a VPN and you can actually trade on there if you have a VPN that tricks it into thinking you're in a different country. But platforms like that literally offer 100 to 1. So um, you have different options and with different amounts of leverage, you have different, um, just different risk. Um, and you, you can see that here. Like, so say you, you know, you're, you're going to Kraken and you're, you're choosing to do five to one leverage and say you're like, you're, you're going to risk a hundred percent of your current Bitcoin. So like in order to refinance without putting any new money down, like if you want to bring your average buy order down from like 20,000 to something lower, like you, you don't have to risk new money in, but you have to risk the Bitcoin that you already have. Um, and so we'll, we'll just say that like you're, you're willing to risk all your, your entire one Bitcoin to try to lower your average buy order. So we'll just say that like the amount risk is hundred percent. You're going to post your one Bitcoin that you bought for $20,000, which is now worth $10,000. You're going to post that one full Bitcoin as collateral leveraged five X. And so what that means is that whichever exchange that you're that you're doing say you're on kraken kraken will lend you um up to fifty thousand dollars because your your collateral your one bitcoin is worth ten thousand dollars and they'll lend you up to fifty thousand dollars um to to trade 
and they chart and, and you can on Kraken, it's different. Like KuCoin, I think is, is a month. Prime XBT, I think is, I th uh, so term. So th I know Kraken is 30 days. Um, KuCoin, I think is also 30 days. Prime XBT, I think it might be perpetual. Um, I, I'd have to, I, I don't, I don't have any experience on Prime XBT. But I think the ones that do 101 are actually like perpetual. They call them perpetual swaps. Um, I'd, I'd have to double check, but um, but usually whoever's lending you the, the money, um, they they offer like a, like a certain period of time that you can borrow for. And I know on Kraken it's it's 30 days. And Kraken's is uh, you're paying uh, 0 0.02 percent interest per day or per four hours. So per day it's, you know, per day it's, you're paying 0.12%. Um, and so that's uh, point zero. So that's over the month, you're, you're paying 3.6% interest on this loan, um, you know, for the, for, for the month. So that like extended out uh, for 12 months, you know, that, that, that's pretty high interest rate. Like you, you, you don't want to be in these loans for too long. Um, you know, usually these are like smaller, like short periods of time, but like, you know, like, like, like you can see here, like it, it can definitely add up. Um, and so, uh, that, that's like what you have to factor in. Um, but, but like by posting your, your, your thing as collateral, risking a hundred percent of your Bitcoin, means you're, you're taking out a five, you know, a $50,000 loan. And so Kraken is lending you $50,000 that in that moment you're using to buy five Bitcoin. So like, so like say like on the chart, this is like what you would, you know, be looking at. We can just make it a line chart. So it's a little bit easier. So you bought up here and then say right here, um, you by borrowing dollars to buy Bitcoin, you're effectively going long. And, um, and so that, that's just like the term long is when you're betting the price is going up, which is what you're doing by borrowing dollars and short is, is you betting the price is going down and which you, you know, you can also do on these platforms. That would be where you're buying, you're, you're borrowing Bitcoin to sell. So here you're borrowing dollars to buy you're borrowing $50,000 to buy five Bitcoin, but you could otherwise go short and borrow five Bitcoin and sell it for $50,000. Um, but in this case, like where, where you're trying to lower your average, you know, your average buy-in price, you're effectively going long. And so um, you're, you're hoping something like this plays out where, you know, you bought here and you're hoping price goes up within the month. Um, and uh, you know you're 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 hoping that price doesn't go below this limit, um, and like um, so like by by doing five to one leverage, um, what that means is that if price goes down twenty percent, you know so like a hundred percent divided by five, your it's called the liquidation price. If if the price went down 20% right there, 
um, you have like the amount of Bitcoin that like, or that like if price goes down 20%, no matter what Kraken is going to break even on their loan. So they lent you $50,000 and so you, you owe them $50,000 no matter what, plus the interest. And so if the, the price of your collateral plus your position gets lower, it, once it hits, uh, you know, $50,000, because effectively what, what, what you have is you have your, your collateral and you have this margin loan. So that's $60,000. Um, so you have, um, so you, you're effectively holding, you know, the, the, the Bitcoin that you bought with borrowed money, plus the Bitcoin that you have here, um, you're holding six Bitcoin total. And if the, they, they you know, was valued at $10,000, so $10,000 times six, but if this decreases, so if like now the price of Bitcoin is, um, you know, something like, so six times $8,000. Um, so I guess even before it hits this point, um, if like you still owe the $50,000 from the loan, so if price so if price goes below, it's actually less than twenty percent. It's probably something like eighteen percent, because it has to factor in your your uh, the interest payment. But like if the value of your collateral plus your position, so the you know the, the Bitcoin you bought with borrowed funds, if the value of that goes below the amount that you borrowed, Kraken will automatically sell this Bitcoin and then repay and just so they can break even on the loan. So it's like a fully secured loan, meaning they're not taking risk that you're not gonna be able to repay. And so that's the risk that you have to bear is that if price goes, like you can see on this chart, um, if price goes below, I think from this calculation, like the 17% to break even, um, if price go, hits that, then because you risked 100% of your, of your Bitcoin, your one Bitcoin now belongs to Kraken. So like that's the risk of trying to do this is that if you, know, you try to, if you risked all of your Bitcoin uh, to try to like bring your average price down, if price moves against you 20%, which can totally happen, like it happens all the time, um, you, you, you could be in a pretty tough situation where, you know, you, you risked all, you know, where you, you lost your Bitcoin. Um, so, you know, maybe, uh, so let's see what the, let's see what this, uh, that break even point would be just so we can get, get, get showing on a calculator. Uh, so this calculation isn't, isn't like perfectly exact. Um, because it, you know, doesn't factor in the interest rate. I guess it does. Um, but then like, uh, 
like it has to factor in like the amount of collateral that you have relative to how much you borrow. Like they're, they're, this is like a simplified version, but it's effectively the same. Um, so um, like, you know, like if you're, if you use five to one leverage, like you can, you do like you in, rather than doing five, five to one leverage, you could do something like two to one leverage. So what that means is that like you're risking less because you're borrowing less money. So when you're doing five to one leverage with a hundred percent and risking a hundred percent of the Bitcoin that you have, you're taking out a $50,000 loan, but say you do like three to one leverage and you're still risking a hundred percent. You're, you know, you're only taking out a loan of $30,000 or like, you know, probably a more conservative one that, that I would like recommend doing is, you know, like, I, I don't, I don't like to risk any, like, because by, by risking this, by posting your Bitcoin as collateral on Kraken, um, what that means is that you have to actually deposit your Bitcoin and it's in Kraken's possession. So like if something happened, like if Kraken got hit with some like major lawsuit, um, you know, your, your money could be at stake or if Kraken got hacked, like Kraken, since they hold billions of dollars of crypto, they're a really big target. Like you holding your like $20,000 of, of crypto, you're not a very big target. Um, and so like someone's like, someone would have to like be really, really sophisticated to be able to like hack you profitably. Um, like, whereas like someone that, of that sophistication, like they're better off just trying to hack the exchange. And so holding your own Bitcoin is definitely like the safest way to go about it. But if you want to like, you know, if you want to risk some to be able to like lower your average buy price, um, you have to hold some amount on, on the exchange. So I, I, I think it's like, like I, like just personally, I never hold more than 10% of, of anything that I have on an exchange. Like if for some reason the exchange got hacked and my, you know, my Bitcoin that, that I held on the exchange was lost forever. Like, if it was 100% of what I own, I'd be very upset. Like, I don't know if I'd ever, you know, that scene from Tiger King where he's like, I will never financially recover from this when that person's arm got bit off. <laughs> like, that's how I would feel if, if. Did you just quote Tiger King? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I don't even know what it means, but. <laughs> I will never financially. <laughs> yeah. All right. There's a scene from Tiger King where one of his employees got their arm bit off by a tiger. <laughs> and <laughs> he says. I will never, <laughs> I'm never going to financially recover from this. Like that will be me. <laughs> this will be me if I lost all my Bitcoin, <laughs> like whether that's from a hack or whether, or if that's from trading, you know, like, because you're, you're, what you're doing here is you're, you're trading. And so like, say, you know, you had a full Bitcoin and you risked hundred percent of it and you did five to one leverage. So like, that's very risky. So what that means is that like, if the price goes down, you know, 14% from when you opened up this loan, you're going to lose all of your Bitcoin and then some, like they, they may even try to like send you the collections to like pay this amount. Usually they liquidate you before then. So like you'll get liquidated at like break even. I don't think the crypto platforms like try to send you the collections. They'll just take all your collateral. Um, but like, you know, that, that's why it's like, I, I just like by default, I put like 100% risk at five times leverage just as like an example. 
Um, but like practically speaking, you should probably only risk 10% of what you have and using like using 5% collateral is fine. Um, because what, what that means is like, you know, so let's just, so back when this was like a hundred percent of your, of the Bitcoin that you have that you're risking and you're levering it five times, if price goes down 14%, you lost all your Bitcoin. Whereas if you only risk 10% of your Bitcoin, even if price went down that same amount, you're only losing $880 worth of Bitcoin. So you're only losing 0.1. So like what that means is like, is that like, you know, you bought one Bitcoin at $20,000. Now what that means is that you actually bought 0.89 Bitcoin at $22,000. So you're a little bit worse off than what you were to start, but you at least still have some Bitcoin that you can use. And like when price goes down, that, that, it, that means that it's a better time to borrow. So like what, what, I, what I'm saying here is that like you, you don't want to risk all your Bitcoin, like, you know, maybe even 5% is, is even smarter um, or doing it in small chunks. You never want to do it all at once. Like you just want to like average in to as the price is going down, you want to average in and then you want to average out as price is going back up. Um, and so like what I would recommend is, you know, doing something like 5% as like a recommend. So here it's. Um, so I would recommend, you know, only risk like 5% of, of what you have, like you, rather than like in, in crypto, like it, it might appear that people are getting rich quick, but it's actually not the case at all. Um, you want to get, you want to, it's not about get, getting rich quick. It's about not becoming broke slowly. Um, and so it's always safer to err on the side of risking less so that you always have another at bat. Like you always want to have another chance. So even if like, you know, the first time that you, you know, you risk 5% of your Bitcoin. Um, so you're, you're risking, um, what is it? I should add something here. So you're, you're risking, you know, 0 0.05 Bitcoin. You're taking out a loan of $2,500 to hold point, you know, to add your position to 0 0.2, 0 0.25. And then, so like if the price goes down, you know, to this level, then you've only, you know, you've only lost this much Bitcoin. And, but while price is at that level, um, you can just add to your, you know, add to your loan, you, you know, now, you know, say like, so, you know, you can just like close that position, you lost some money there, um, or you could leave it open and then just like add to your, um, add to your loan. And so you'll bring down your average loan price. So like, say, um, you know, you initially borrowed at 10%. And then if price went down to $8,600 and you borrowed $2,500 at $10,000, you can then borrow another, you know, $2,500 at this price. And now that it's lower, um, like, let's refresh this. I don't want to sign up for an account. So like, say, you know, you, you like borrowed, um, like right here. So you, you took out a loan 
at like $9,500 right here. And then the day after that, price goes down, you know, something like, you know, 30%, which that, that would look like your, your, your loan that you took out would be liquidated somewhere around like 14%. But say the price is now down here and then you try it again because you didn't risk all your Bitcoin. Like, you know, you saved some that you could, you know, try again with. And so say you now, you know, risk another bit of Bitcoin at say $7,000. So let's come fill in the calculator. So now the price is at $7,000 and, oh, uh, I didn't want to change that one. I wanted to change. So price went down uh, 60%. Price went down 70%. Okay, we'll just make it easy. So seven, uh, 65%. Okay. So now like say price is $7,000. So that would be like right here. Um, and you, you know, decided to take out a, you know, another loan where, um, you know, like say you don't, you know, you don't know what, what the, we'll talk about when you should close the loan in a second, but like say, I think we said 14% was like that, like rough, like liquidation price. Um, so if you borrow um, at when price is $7,000 and you risk 5% of your Bitcoin at five times leverage. So say price doesn't go down. Like let's just look at what price did. Um, so price went from 7K to about 10K. And let's, let's see if that was within a month um, because you can only hold these open for a month. On Nexa, you can hold for longer, but you can't do five to one leverage. You can only, you, you can only do half what, like you have to hold twice the collateral. So that, that's honestly like even a, another smart way to do it where you're like risking less. Cause like the thing you don't want to happen is you don't want to get liquidated on like these like crazy wicks down, um, which sometimes happens. And like where you're forced to sell at these really low prices to cover a loan. Um, that's like the worst case scenario. That's what makes the, that's what makes Bitcoin look so volatile is that there's a lot of lending that goes on. And so a lot of these sell, like the people that are selling here, um, or the, I mean the people that are buying here and the people that are selling here, a lot of them are people that have just borrowed, you know, use the, the leverage offered by these exchanges to, to borrow um, and they get liquidated. So that, that's like the thing you don't want to happen. You want to be really conservative uh, because like, you know, you don't want to borrow and then like say you borrowed like right here um, and then say price went down like 14%. You don't want, let me, let me try to zoom in so y'all can see. Um, like say you open up a loan here at like $8,000 and then price dipped down below $7,000. You do not want to be forced to set, like you don't want your position to get liquidated here because then price went back up. So like you always want to like always have more money to like be able to like, if price goes against the way that you want it to go, you always want to have an opportunity to average, keep averaging down. That's the whole name of the game is just average down, average down. Uh, because uh, like, because Bitcoin is fixed in amount, and there's no like external factor. Like the only thing that, that sets the price is what people believe, believe the price is. 
um, it like it's it has it, it's called uh, it has really strong mean reversion like mean reversion properties. So like you know price always wants to like return to the mean, um, and so like that's what makes you know makes it appear really volatile. But it's really just like price like you know getting pushed up and then it wants to like come back to the average and then it, you know, returns to the average and it go, you know, goes below the average and it wants to return to the average and it goes there and above the average. Um, so like, you know, because it follows that type of cycle, you just always want to have another, another opportunity. So I can't stress that enough. Like if you're going to like there, like that's the risk involved in trying to like, you know, not use any new money to bring your price down. You have to risk Bitcoin that you already have. And so if price moves against you too much, uh, you, you could, you could lose some Bitcoin. Um, and so like, so back to the example. Um, so say you borrowed at like $7,000, your, uh, liquidation price is around $6,100. And then within a month, let's see, let's pull up the, um, so this will be a good example. So say you borrowed at this time and then, so for this, is the weekly chart. So in four weeks, um, so in four weeks, like right here, if you borrowed it, um, at, hold on a second. if you borrowed at like, you know, that price, you know, $7,000 and then after four weeks price went up to that one, it's like seven, it's 7% 7 gain. So you can look at here, 7% gain um, over that period of time where you only risked 5% of your Bitcoin. Um, what you, um, so now what that means is that like you profited because you borrowed um, $1,700 to buy, um, you, you borrowed $1,700 to buy 0.25 Bitcoin at the price of 7,000. Now that price is at 7,500, the value of, of the Bitcoin that you borrowed dollars to buy is now, uh, plus the interest, um, is now, or the, the amount, the, the value of it is now uh, 18, uh, 1873. So it went from 1750 to 1873. And so you only owe back the, um, like you owe the 1750 that you borrowed. Um, wait a second. Hold on. Let me make sure I got this right. Amount owed on margin loan. Yeah. So you, you owe the 1750 plus the interest. Um, and so that's what this is. And then you, but the value of your position is 1873. And so you gained like, you know, so that's $60 difference. That's your profit. So if at that time you bought $60,000 or you bought $60 worth of Bitcoin just at that price. So that'd be about like 0 0.07 Bitcoin. Um, by just borrowing the, the loan and then closing it at the end of the month at a time where the price was higher at the end of the month than it was at the start of the month, 
um, you now have one point, you went from having one Bitcoin to having 1.007 Bitcoin. And so now, like, you know, your original buy-in price was $20,000. But now your, you know, your, up, your, your new average is 19842 So, like, that's your new, like, average price. So, you know, that's a small one just because, like, on, on this example, um, you know, we, we showed that there were, you know, just in this four-week period, uh, you know, the, the, the price was, uh, you know, it, it, didn't, it only went up 7%. Um, but if rather than like getting that, like taking out like the whole loan just at one time, if you average in, like when it's in at the, like towards the bottom of this, this band is called Bollinger Band. If you average in towards this bottom and then say, rather than like, rather than borrowing on this day, you borrowed on this day and, um, and then let's see, four, so one, two, th one, two, three, four. So now the, like, you, from the time, like, you know, now, like, say you borrowed on a day where 30 days later, you know, price had gone up 40%. So now the price is 8,600. So if price went up, um, so price, price appreciation, so that, like in that example, it went up 40%. Uh, did it go up 40%? Let's check. Okay, that's not 40%. That is closer to, let's measure this in percentages. So from like 7,000, so 24%. Okay, so say you borrowed on that better, you know, you borrowed a couple of days before the price really ran up. Uh, you, you, you came at, um, so now the 0.25 Bitcoin that you, uh, you know, risked 5% of your Bitcoin as collateral to, to get, now that Bitcoin is worth 2170, but you still only owe the 1750 plus interest. And so, your your like gain from by just borrowing the money to buy the bitcoin and then having the price of bitcoin go up where you the value of your collateral has gone up and then also the value of the of the thing that you borrowed uh like or the thing you bought with borrowed money is going up you you don't have to sell as much of it to pay back this $1800 so you you rather than selling all 0.25 of the bitcoin to break even you only have to sell 0.25 minus this amount. So you only have to sell 0.2 Bitcoin to cover the loan that you took out to buy 0.25. And so because that happened, you, you, you pocketed 0.04 Bitcoin. And now, you know, your average price, you know, went from, you know, 20,000 to now down to like 19,000. And that's still with risking like a very small amount of your, of your Bitcoin. Like you're only risking 5%, but say like, you know, you're a little bit more confident um, or like, you know, you, you, you want to, um, you know, you, you want to risk more. Like, you know, you're really upset about, uh, you know, about the, the $20,000 entry that you, you had. Like, you know, you're, you're really upset about, about this. 
and you know say um you know you're on this day like you're ready to buy more um and so you you like borrow some you you, you take out a loan like when it's like really low to, to to buy in like say you want you, you're willing to risk more like you're like whatever i'm already down 65 you know say you're already down you know say like 80 percent. see what that'll be yeah so like you know you're you're like whatever like i'm i'm willing to risk more so say you're going to risk you know 20 percent of your of your bitcoin so you take out a like a four you know four thousand dollar loan um and then you know now like let's just look to see what would happen like say you, you borrowed on this day let's get a date and price range um so say you borrowed on at this you know the start of this week which was you know this was in like all the markets just like crashed um say you're you know you're right there uh that's when you open up your your, your loan and you you buy there so one, two, three, four. So at the end of this month, you know, price is up 28%. Um, so 28% from, um, you know, the, the, so your, your $4,000 uh, $4, loan, use that to buy one Bitcoin. You risk 20% of, of the one Bitcoin that you already have. Um, and then price goes up 28%. So now you only owe 4,144, but the value of your position is 5,100. So you get to keep, um, so you only have to sell of the one Bitcoin that you borrowed. So this, let's change the name. So Bitcoin bought with borrowed, bought with loan. So from the one Bitcoin that you bought with your loan, you only need to sell 0.8. So this like, 0.19 that that you get to keep added to your total one so without putting any new money in your average price is now like you know 16 seven, nine, eight. um and so like you know th that, that that's the general idea is that like you know if you bought when the price was high you don't need to feel that bad or you don't need to feel as bad because because there's so much volatility there's always good times to borrow. Like when price is low, you don't want to sell. Like you might feel tempted to sell, but when, when the price is low, um, that, that's a really good time to, to use the Bitcoin you already have as collateral to, to borrow against it. Um, so that's the, like, that, that, that's, that's what, I'm, you know, what I'm trying to illustrate. And, and I'll share the link to this calculator. So you, you make a copy and then you can uh, you can, you know, view it, but like, I guess w one more example, and then we'll move on to the next topic. Um, like say, you know, you're just like, fuck it. I'm going to go all in. I'm going to risk hundred percent, you know, price, price went down 80%. You're like, okay, I'm already down 80%. I don't even care if I lose anymore and you risk hundred percent. Um, so you take out a, and okay. So say you want to leverage, you know, five X you, you know, go hundred percent, you're taking out a $20,000 loan to buy five Bitcoin. So now when like, you know, if, if over that same period of time, you know, price went up that 30, you know, 
um, now you're like to pay back the the twenty thousand dollar loan. You only have to sell four out of the five Bitcoin that you bought with bar funds, and now you have one point nine five Bitcoin. And so now your average price is ten point two or ten thousand two hundred forty dollars. And so, like, if this is the top, you know, that, that you bought, and then you know, four thousand is like what it came to here. Um, so like the like using just like the five to one leverage, you can like at least bring your position like the the most that you can bring down with like the five to one leverage would be around to like ten thousand dollars, which is pretty good, right? Like you, you that's that's not bad. Like even though it's like still pretty high, like there's throughout that time you had all these days to buy below like you know it's not the worst thing to you know because that that's that like all it means is that you bought bitcoin at a, at a slightly higher price than you could have and that's really not the worst thing because once you have the bitcoin you can use it as collateral and get a loan and you can always be lowering your average price you know like you could have done this like you know we, we kind of showed these different examples of like when you could have done it like you, you, you can do that on like a rolling basis where like you're always averaging into the low, um, like you're always averaging in when, like with, with a loan, when the price is like say below, like we'll, we'll look at it on the daily chart. Like when, when price is below this line, um, especially this line, those are good days to borrow. So you can be like averaging in your, your loans like throughout these days and then paying them off when price goes above here. So like, because of the volatility, it just like you always have an opportunity to make up for buying at a higher price than what you might've wanted to. So, um, you know, like I, I definitely don't expect everyone to kind of, you know, fully like this, like this is something I fully understand just cause like I've been doing this for a long time. Um, but, um, that's really like the value of like, just buy, like, even if the price is going up, it's okay to buy Bitcoin because you can always, you know, make up for it. And like, you know, you always want to be just like low. That's, that's the name of the game. It's not about how much your Bitcoin is worth. It's about how much it's about what your average buy-in price was. And so, um, so that, that, that's, that's the whole game. And because Bitcoin is such a strong form of collateral, there's a lot of exchanges that offer really good lending. And you can use those to, to just bring your average price down. Um, and if you're hodling, it doesn't matter, right? Yeah, like that, that's the alternative. Like, you know, if you just don't even care and you, just, you, know, you hold your crypto, you're not risking any of it. And honestly, uh, in the long run, people that just hold it, they, they end up doing a lot better than people that are trading it. Probably only like 5% of traders make money. Um, and people that are trying to trade to make a living, they lose even more money. Um, but yeah, holding is definitely the best one. But if like you feel really bad about buying the 20 K top, you at least have options to like start, you know, tackling to bring it down. Um, and you know, borrowing is a good way to do that without putting any new money in. But like, you know, even better than borrowing, you, you should just buy, buy some more when it's down, you know, like, you know, building up uh, revenue streams outside of crypto and then taking them into crypto is like the best way to, 
to compound your wealth. Um, and so, yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll share this. Let me make it, uh, I'm going to make it public. Anyone can have it. Um, yeah, there's a lot to absorb there, but I, I appreciate you going through that. Yeah. Yeah. Sorry if that was a little long winded. Um, okay, I, I'll, I'll make a copy. I'll, uh, let's see. Okay. And then I'll, I'll share this in the link. Does anyone have any questions overall with like, Len? I know that was a lot to, lot to take in and, and this will be recorded so you can rewatch. And I probably should have stopped midway through to answer questions, but does anyone have any questions about, about any of this with like the lending to bring your average price down? Yeah, I don't have any questions about the lending because that was really thorough <laughs> and really clear. But what I do have questions, and I think we spoke about this, you said that you don't keep all of your Bitcoin on the exchange. Right. So you're never doing a hundred percent when you're doing this. Are you keeping, we spoke about this and, and I heard what you said, but I'm still not sure what, what to do. Like just in my situation, um, cold storage, or are you keeping it in a wallet? You, you told me something about a separate device. Um, but again, I don't want to take up too much time on this cause I do want to hear about power. Cause I kind of just want to like start buying into that. Um, but I, I would love if you can just answer that um, really quickly or maybe even in the next call. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, um, like holding it in cold storage. Uh, so that like, that, that means kind of a lot of things. Like there's like a whole spectrum of how secure you can be. Um, a smart way to do it is just to like, like, the, um, like what that means is storing it on a wallet where you, you hold the, you hold the crypto like when you have a, an account on like say coinbase or cash app or kraken or anyone like you don't actually hold the bitcoin the company behind the exchange holds it and so mm -hmm. that's like if they get hacked your money could be gone but a more secure way of doing it is to even even like like so cold storage technically means where you create the you create the 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 wallet you it's it's, it's really creating it's called a private key you create the private key on a device that never touches the internet. So that's either like a dedicated device, like, you know, maybe like an old Android phone that doesn't have the, the cell phone card in it. That's like one way where you can just like, uh, you know, you, you know, link up to Wi-Fi to download the wallet app and then you create the private key on that app and then you keep the Wi-Fi shut off. Um, so like, you know, that, that, because, because like the, the risks of holding it on a device that you like use regularly is that like, uh, you know, even though it's, it's pretty difficult to hack these wallets, if someone hacked your, like, ha you know, hacked you through your network, maybe they can like manipulate your wallet, which you don't want to do. Mm -hmm. So, um, like, yeah. So holding it, like for me, holding it in cold storage means either holding it in like a hardware wallet, like a Ledger Nano S or a Trezor, or using like a, a device that's like not even crypto specific, which I personally think is even safer. Um, you know, like an old Android phone or even like a new Android phone, you know, that's like cheap, but um, you know, you, but you don't have a cell card in it. You don't connect it to Wi-Fi. You keep it turned off, maybe even keep the battery not even charged. Um, and like, and then always secure the recovery phrase for your, your, your wallet when you set up. Um, so for the people that don't really know about with that, um, I, I can share some, uh, share some resources 
um, you know, some links and stuff, the different wallets and, and stuff. So you can kind of get an idea of what we're talking about. But yeah, like, uh, you know, hold as much on the exchange that you're going to use as collateral and the rest you should, um, you know, if it's over like a thousand dollars worth, you, you should probably like download an app on it either on your, I mean, even just like holding it on like a wallet that you download on your iPhone, that's probably fine. You know, if someone stole your iPhone, they could probably steal your crypto. So it's like, that's why you want to use a device that you don't use day to day. Um, but yeah, so that's the, um, so yeah, you, you want to store it somewhere secure. And if anyone wants to like, you know, get some more resource on that, I'm happy to share that as well. Um, did that answer your question? Yeah, definitely. I mean, yes, but then also it's like with the trading, um, you have to keep something somewhere. Yeah, when you that, that's like, you <laughs> Yeah. And, um, you know, so like when, when you know, when, when you're trading and, and also, I mean, like Nexo claims to offer insurance. So like, you know, they say a hundred million dollar insurance that, that means that like, if in total, like say you, you held your crypto on Nexo and that's where, you know, you held your collateral, like say Nexo got hacked and like a bunch of money was stolen. That means that they can pay back up to a hundred million dollars but that really doesn't mean that you're going to get back all that you have. Like that yeah. hundred million will be distributed amongst all the people that lost money that filed a claim minus the lawyer fees. So, you know, that could, you know, that, that could happen. Like, you know, it hasn't happened yet. And the exchanges have gotten pretty good about securing the funds, but that, that is a risk, you know, because you, you, you know, you're not in these companies, like you're not the one who, who's in charge of like creating the private keys for where they store the assets. Like, you know, you don't know what's going to happen there. So that, that's, that's the risk, but that's like the risk that you have to bear in order to get the reward of, you know, increasing the amount of Bitcoin you have without putting any new money. in. So like, you know, that, that's, that's, that's just like the trade off you have to make in your mind um, is like, you know, how much are you going to be, how much you want to risk, versus how much you're like really trying to gain. Um, so yeah, I mean, I guess that, that, that kind of covers it. That was super long winded. Um, I wish I could have gotten that more concise, but I've never, I just made this little spreadsheet today. So I haven't really, you know, gone through it that much, but hopefully that was clear to, to everyone. Um, and if you have any questions more about this stuff, um, we have a telegram chat called dip catcher um, that, you can, so for the people that are, are new, um, go ahead and join the email list on, on dipcatcher.com. And then uh, you can also, and th then if you want to join the Telegram chat where we, you know, talk about this type of stuff, um, you, you, you can join there. And that's, that's like the best way to reach me, um, just in general. If you ever have any questions on this topic, I'm, I'm happy, to, happy to share more. The next thing that we want to talk about was power. And just Uniswap in general. Um, so you all are, are already a little bit familiar with Uniswap from buying Hex with it. That's how I learned about Uniswap. Um, so Uniswap is part of this like new class of exchanges. They're called decentralized exchanges. And that's where you don't have to deposit your funds in order to um, trade. So like on Kraken, if you want to trade, you have to send your money to Kraken. Whereas on, um, 
on Uniswap, you hold the money throughout the whole entire process. So the risk of trading on, on, on Uniswap, there's no counterparty risk. Like you're not, you're not bearing the risk of the exchange you're using getting hacked. Does this just connect to your MetaMask? Is that how you, it links up? Yeah, yeah. So it, it connects with MetaMask and then it lets you, um, and, and it, it's all a smart contract. So kind of like when you, when you bought your hex and then you staked it, you know how you had to like sign the smart contract transaction and then that's what like turned your hex into a stake. That's what time locked it. That's kind of like what goes on with Uniswap where um, like the way it works is um, so Uniswap liquidity pools. So it's, it's actually, this is, I mean, this is actually a pretty broad topic. Um, so with Uniswap, like, let me, let, let me compare it to the, um, so here, I'll, I'll just go to pro.coinbase.com. So like in a normal exchange, like Coinbase, um, they, let's see, markets, let's pull this up. Um, let's see. View exchange. Okay, here we go. So on normal exchanges like Coinbase, um, oh, it's not even gonna show me. Oh uh, yeah, well, okay. So this thing right here is called the depth chart. So this shows all the people that have have bids to buy in the green or sell Bitcoin in the red. So like these people over here, they have dollars on Coinbase that they have an open order where they're trying, like this person right here, they're, they have, you know, $4,400 to buy Bitcoin. And so they're trying to buy Bitcoin when it hits $4,400. So like they're like, this is like a line of people where um, like, th this is like the, the line of people trying to buy. And so people that are like willing to like wait longer or potentially like risk never price, never hitting their orders. They're all the way back here. Whereas like people who want to buy or sell right now, like they're right here. Um, so this is like what a normal like order book looks like. And, um, and then there's also like, this is also a good example. Um, there's a site that, that, that pulls in the entire order book across all the major exchanges. Um, and let's see if this loads. Sometimes it takes a while to load. Um, but like across all the exchanges, it's like people, it's like the regular users, like the people who are trading that are like placing these buy and sell orders. And what's different about Uniswap compared to I don't even know if this is going to load. Um, what's different about Uniswap compared to this is that um, you don't like you don't place a bid to like buy Bitcoin at like seven thousand dollars or like buy hex at like some price. It's all market orders. So market orders. So like the, the, all these orders, they're called limit orders. So like if I was logged in, I could show you. But like over here, it gives you the option. 
to place a market or a limit order. Um, market means you're buying someone else's bid and limit means that you're putting a bid that someone can now buy. So like, for instance, like right here, these people have limit orders to buy Bitcoin at $9,400. And so in order for those to get filled, price needs to go down to $9,400 and someone needs to be, needs to place a market order that buys that, that buys that Bitcoin from them. Um, and so that's, what's different about Uniswap is that, um, in the Uniswap liquidity pools, See if I can find a good visual. Um, so like on Uniswap, there aren't like, you aren't setting bids. There are people that it's called providing liquidity. They're, they're, it's called joining a liquidity pool. And what that means is that you have to have an equal amount of hex and an equal amount of Ethereum that you contribute to the pool. And that goes into just like a group that, um, that is who, like when you're buying Hex, like when you go into Uniswap and you buy Hex, you're not swapping your Hex with like another trader. Like you're not swapping it with someone else like who, um, you know, like, if you, if you want to buy hex, you're not swapping it with someone who has, who wants to like sell their hex. You're swapping it with, with the liquidity pool. And so, um, the, like anyone can join. Like, so, you know, this person right here, they own 1% of the liquidity pool, 1.5%. And so what this means is that this person is putting this person put forth $169,000 worth of crypto and they're earning trading fees. So every trade on, on Uniswap has like a 0.3% fee. And so that fee goes to this pool. And based on what percent of the pool that you have, you get a portion of that fee. And so in other markets, that's like those people are called market makers. So like on Kraken, for instance, um, they try to incentivize people being market makers. So market makers are also sometimes called scalpers. So these are people that do very short term trading, like where they're buying and selling within seconds or minutes where they're like trying to buy when the price is like, you know, they're, they're trying to buy when price is nine, seven, seven, zero. And they're trying to sell when prices, you know, $9,800. And they're like doing like really short term trades um, for very small amounts. And because usually exchanges, like if you trade a certain volume, um, which you can do by just placing really frequent trades, um, the exchange will either decrease the fees or even pay you. Um, and so um, that's what like market making is in traditional markets. And the problem with that is that like some, sometimes, especially new exchanges, they use the market makers to uh, like pretty much trade against their customers. So it's kind of scammy. Sometimes like new exchanges pop up and they'll have like themselves, they'll be market makers and they'll like 
manipulate the price to make it look like it's like strongly uptrending and they'll get a lot of customers to like buy in and then they'll use the market makers to just like dump the price and cause their customers to sell at a loss and they're in there buying their customers who are losing. So like that's, a, that's like a risk that you bear on an exchange is that the exchange knows everyone's orders. They know everyone who's putting money in. So like there's a risk that when you're trading on Coinbase or Kraken or Binance or any of these exchanges, that the people that run the exchange are actually trading against you. Like they're, 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 they're doing what's called wash trading, which is kind of like scalping where you're just like buying your own, you're buying your own sellers pretty much to manipulate the price. Um, sometimes the exchanges uh, can do that. It, it's it's, it's kind of difficult for them to do it because like if they're manipulating price on their exchange, if the price gets too far away from what it is across other exchanges, because you can send the crypto so quickly, um, the difference in prices across exchanges gets, uh, gets arbitraged out pretty quickly. So there is risk involved in doing it, but some, especially new, newer and smaller exchanges, they've been known to, um, to wash trade and, and like trade against their customers. So with things like Uniswap, since the liquidity pool, like these people aren't like setting the orders the way that the, like when you buy from the liquidity pool, um, the price that you get is based on this equation. Um, instead of connecting buyers to sellers to determine the price of <laughs> this example was poop token. <laughs> Uniswap uses a constant equation x times y equals k where x and y represent the quantity of ethereum and the quantity of the token so say in this case poop token but in our case maybe hex um, which is available in the liquidity pool and k is a constant value so it, it factors in the balance between these two to tell how much price should move up or down if someone's buying or selling the token so whenever someone buys poop token with ETH, the supply goes down while the supply of ETH increases. The price of the token. It's a real token. Like, is, 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 is. Example. So a really interesting use case, which I actually shared was uh, unisocks.exchange. So um, let's look at the real chart. So Unisox is this, like the creators of Uniswap made it. There's actually, they created, uh, I think there are 500 total socks that will ever be made. And they issued them in this, like they, they, they backed them with a token called socks and they issued them on Uniswap. So there's a liquidity pool of socks on, like literally like socks that like you can hold with a token and then if you want them you can burn your socks token and take delivery of of the actual physical socks you can wear um and but it, it trades just like any other coin and so um i actually bought some socks uh back here like the value of my socks has gone up something like 30%, which is pretty funny that I, I, I paid for a pair of socks, like 120 bucks 
and now it's worth like 175 bucks. So I just think it's funny that like I bought a $125 pair of socks that I could get delivered to me, but I could also sell the rights to that pair of socks. So like anything can trade like this, like, um, and so like the creators of Uniswap created this as just like an, an example of what could be done. And it's inspired a lot of like really cool stuff, but you know, like maybe you're not trying to trade socks, you're trying to trade hex. Um, or actually let's talk about power. Cause that was one of the weird. Yeah. Cause I want to buy some. Yeah. So, um, so like, let's here, let's pull up. We, we got that and then we can come into here and let's search for the power liquidity pool. So I guess like what's, so hex has the highest liquidity of anything, which is surprising because, um, the things that have really high liquidity in these pools, like, it's actually like the, the people who are providing hex and ethereum as liquidity they've actually like lost a lot of money because the people that are making money right now when hex like like when hex is going up the people making money are the people that are just holding hex you make money um these liquidity pools make money when price is ranging when price is really flat so stable coins are usually like, okay, so like if we, if we look at the top liquidity, um, so uh, I don't know what this one is. These balancer ones are like usually ones to like try to like keep a market within a range. I, I don't know, I, I'd have to look more to like talk about that one. But like, for instance, this one, uh, this is like a stable coin that, it, that like trades against other stable coins. And because the like it's a stable coin that doesn't like it's meant to be within a range so like for instance like ETH USDC this one right here like the the price is pegged to a dollar and so they make money like because like they're bought they're like they're always buying and selling like every time someone buys or sells USDC they're buying or selling it to and from the liquidity pool and the liquidity pool makes a fee. And since the underlying crypto that they're holding, uh, since that is constant, um, meaning the value of ETH relative to that is whatever the value of ETH is, um, that like it, it's profitable for the liquidity pool to be there. Whereas like with things like HEX, um, so over the last 30 days, like the people in the liquidity pool have actually lost money because Hex has gone, you know, so high up and then it's like in the middle of a big retrace right now. Like when, when price is trending, it's not very profitable to be in the liquidity pool. If price is trending, you don't want to be in there. You want to just hold the asset. Um, and so that's like the trade-off that people make. Um, and so like, Oh, okay, we're gonna look up the power one. So, like, you know, that, that's like Hex is an example. So, power is, um, is is so the total supply of power is one million, which I, I think is really cool because like lower supply, higher nominal price. Like, I think that that could be one. I mean, it, it goes both ways, but like. Like hex has like a massive supply of units, 
And so you have to like think about it. Like, you know, you hold like millions of X. Um, and so like, that's a little bit hard to think about. Whereas power has 1 million units, which I really like because it's, um, you know, it, it makes the, the, the price look higher and people like buying when the price is high. And so I think that it's got that working for it. Um, so power actually has like no use case. It's literally like, if you read the, the smart contract, like in hex, like, you know, it has like the whole like interest bearing thing. It has the whole staking thing. All of that is, is like baked into the, into the smart contract. Um, let's see if we can, oh, you read it here. Um, contract here we go so like this is the code for the the power power exists in 162 lines of code and like there's literally nothing like the only functions that it has are like transfer from approve your transfer transfer to multiple addresses transfer finding the balance finding the total supply. So like literally like this token does nothing, like purely nothing, <laughs> like doesn't do anything, which like usually you'd be like, okay, then like, you know, why would I buy it? But that's actually, I like, I actually think it's a good thing when tokens do nothing because then the only thing that makes them trade is people speculating. And when people are speculating, that's what can make the price go up. So like, I think we've talked about that in the past where like, you know, like in Bitcoin, they, re they reduce features because like it takes away from what the purpose is of Bitcoin. And that's what I kind of like about, about this one. And there's others like it. Like anyone could have launched this. Like this would not be difficult to launch. Um, but what's different about, about power that, that this is like, because normally like, you know, I would just look at this and be like, okay, like, it, like you could go to a site like launch ERC20 token. You could go to like, let's see if there's like, yeah, token mint. So you can go to this random website and create your own, you know, pay 40 bucks and create a token. Like you could just do that and issue it and it could trade on Uniswap. Um, but what, like, what I think is cool about power um, is that when it was launched, the, like the way that it was launched, 100% of the supply, um, I, I don't even know where to find the Twitter, but 100% of the supply went into the Uniswap pool. The creator put, um, see if we can find the, the pool info. Um, Okay, so yeah, this is. Okay, so there's a million power. At the start, one million of the power was in the liquidity pool and the creator of it put in, I think 10,000 Ethereum to 
uh, like seed the pool. And um, so rather like, for instance, like in hex, like a lot of the initial supply, like, like the initial supply wasn't all available at once. Like the initial supply literally gets rolled out over the next 15 years between the, like the, the, like au the daily auctions, which end in a year. And then for the remaining 14 years, uh, like the initial like total supply continues to get rolled out. Like as everyone who's staking from the start through the first year, get these like, get those like, you know, early stake bonuses that come in the, they come in the form of just like new supply that's in your, in your account. So like in hex, the supply comes out over 15 years, whereas here the total supply is available now. Um, but like it was fully launched with the creator, putting all of it in this liquidity pool. And that's where like the initial price was set. And so like when the, like the, the price of like, so it started at like almost zero. And so maybe like the person that bought up this like first amount, like right here, the price went up. Um, probably something crazy. Why can't I? So price literally like, in a moment went up a thousand percent just because like you know probably the creator who probably bought some right away but like by doing that it like pushed the price up and like limited what it could buy because it wasn't the creator setting the price to sell it at it was that um you know that equation where did we see it this equation that sets the price X so like um, I think it's, it's just like an interesting concept of like, you know, new ways that these things can launch because like the thing that can like hold coins back is if like the initial launch price is like artificially set or there's other factors that are at play. Um, and so I think that like, um, having the price set, like, you know, where a hundred percent of the supply is on the liquidity pool and hundred percent, and then like it's seeded with some Ethereum. Um, then like, you know, like right now, when we look at the liquidity pool of the million that were available, um, so far, I think last time I looked, um, something like 900,000 had been bought from the liquidity pool. And then that means that 19,000 new people who had bought power, uh, those people maybe don't think the price is going to go up too much and they are, they added to the liquidity pool. So they're, they're taking liquidity fees. So like there's effectively about a hundred thousand of the initial supply of power that's available for sale. So, and this is because it's on Uniswap. Is that? Yeah. So these, these like, uh, it, it launched on Uniswap. Um, so these like other exchanges could start supporting it. Um, Uniswap, like any ERC20 token, even one that like, like if we create if we went to this site. Yeah, because I was going to say, so you, I saw you said it, he, he seeded it with 50 ETH. So let me just send you 50 ETH right now and go get and replicate this and let's see what happens. I'm 100,000% serious. Like, let's do it. I mean, yeah. <laughs> You know, 
it, it, it could, it could have backfired, you know, like this person, like the person who created this, he's created a couple other successful blockchain projects. So he has a little bit of reputation. Okay. Um, but also, I mean, like price is pumped because like, um, like people look at the liquidity pools here and so let's go back to this. So they'll like be, you know, looking through here. Um, you know, there's 235 pages of these. So like say, you know, people are usually just like, you know, browsing here, looking for things to trade. Maybe they, you know, just look at like the new coins because things that are new have potential to go up a lot. Um, you know, before people hear about them and stuff. So like, I don't even know where power is on, on the rank list, but like, you know, I mean, but, but I mean, the, the risk of doing that is like for every power there is, there's also like <laughs> the whole garbage can of, yeah. you know, what, not yeah. poop token, but shit yeah, poop token. like, you're, I don't even want to look up the price of that. Like, <laughs> no, like, so, you know, there, there's risk in doing that. Like, is you actually have to get new people to come in and buy to push the price up mm -hmm. and um you know but but like i actually think like you know that that that's a way because like a reason why like some people didn't buy hex is because they thought it was unfair like how much of the supply uh could be going to the creator like from the initial supply because of like the, the way it's structured uh the creator could get upwards of around like 30 percent of the total supply um, which like in the grant, like compared to XRP, the creators have like 80%. Other coins, creators have like 80%. You know, less than like 500 people own something like 80% of all Bitcoin. Um, so like, you know, there, there's risk involved in that. But that like, you know, there's trade off because if, if there's people that are big stakeholders, they end up like, you know, they want to see the price go up. And so they do things to like help it go up. And like the worst they can do is just sell. And then once they run out of coins to sell, they can't sell anymore. And so like there's risk that they could just dump the price. But then like if the price dumps purely because like one big holder sold everything, as soon as they run out to sell, like people who are buying that are going to have really big gains because once that like, you know, sell pressure that came from one person subsides, then there's no none of the coin left to sell and so the price can go back up and it was like artificially low for a period of time and then it'll like restore to its like market equilibrium mm -hmm. and you know so like there's risk in that but there's also reward in having like big mm -hmm. big whales and so like some people just like you know they they think that no one should be rich and so they don't want the creator to have any of it so like i think that that's like why you know mm -hmm. So what do you see for this one? Because you said that you bought it and then I'm getting feedback. Um, you sold at 60%. Like you sold everything. You just took your profit and then you cashed out. And are you coming back in or are you waiting? Yeah. You so I, I, I bought some. Um, let's see. It was like, okay. Um, I bought some like, let's see. What was the date? So like Saturday night, whatever it was, I think the sixth. Um, so it's was, it was actually probably like this rolled over by then. So I bought somewhere around here. 
and then like price just like immediately like so yeah I, I bought around here and then like I just locked in a quick quick gain because I like I, I did no research I literally was just like whatever <laughs> like this guy that I know from Hex he just tweeted about it and then I saw that like you know they were uh you know like they're trying to have this like kind of fair launch and i saw that like not that many people had bought yet so i was like okay i'm just gonna buy some and so i just locked in like a quick game and then i like did some more research and then the price came down and then i bought a little bit more um and so like i would not risk a lot of money in this one <laughs> like because <laughs> you know the people who have the ethereum and the liquidity pool could just pull it <laughs> mm -hmm. and dump all their you know dump all their power like you know like there's really no reason to hold this one other than speculation but like because it's so new like the the, the so okay let's talk about the thing the things that could make the price go to zero are that like you know if you look at the um let's see where we can find the Okay, token power. It's called uni power in NPM. Yeah, they, I think they call it uni power. The, the ticker symbol is power. But, like, you know, say, like, so I think this one is the, the contract, or, you know, or someone just owns this amount. So someone bought this amount. This might be the creator who had, like, mm -hmm. bought, you know, he, he put it all in the liquidity pool, but then he, like, bought some. So, like, it, you know, like, I, I think, I personally think it's okay for creators of these projects to have a large amount of supply, like you earn it. And then there's also a risk of holding it because like no one could buy it. You'd be the last one to buy it. And then he's like, you know, he, he'll never find someone to sell to. Um, so, you know, there is risk in holding these, but like, you know, let's look at the pie chart. If we look at this, like, you know, half the supply is held by, one, two, three, four, five, five people. And there's really not that much Ethereum liquidity. Like when we look at the pool, uh, you know, power has like relatively low liquidity, like compared to Hex. Like Hex has a, has a low chance of like going really low because it has so much liquidity. Um, but like, you know, this only has like 244,000 of, of liquidity like compared to Hex, which has 11 million of liquidity. So like that's partially because like, you know, Hex has been around, you know, maybe when Hex was four days old, it only had that much liquidity. So like, I think power has a lot of room to grow. Um, but there's also the risk that just like, you know, yeah, yeah like, you know, the, the, the creator who, you know, pushed the price up there, you know, maybe right now they're satisfied with a 250% gain. <laughs> And they think, you know, gigs up, we're just going to dump it, whatever, on to the next scam. You know, like, because this could be a scam. Like, I, like the contract, when, you know, when I read it, like, there's no, there's no, nothing, like, out of the ordinary. It looks like boilerplate, just, like, standard code. So, it doesn't look like a, like a scam. Um, but, like, you know, Unipower, um, like, so they have, yeah, so this is the, it, it kind of appears kind of scammy, like, 
proof of liquidity, like what does that mean? 100% of supply was sent to Uniswap, no more tokens to be minted. Uh, they're trying to make this into a big Uniswap pool managed by a decentralized smart contract. Like what, what does that mean? So like when you buy this, it's like they're, they're, they're advertising they're gonna be doing more work in the future to try to increase the value of the token. And so that could just be like marketing to try to get more people to buy in so they can like exit scam. So like, yeah. that's, is it like, you know, they're going to just dump on your head, you know, they're going to like prop up all, you know, they're going to like try to prop the price up with like all these promises of future work. Um, you know, they're going to do all this, you know, wacky stuff and make the price go up. So there's that risk. Um, but yeah, like, like, you know, oh, but, <laughs> like, but that pump, like the pump that they're trying to get you to like buy into if you bought in before they're like really like you know drumming up the marketing then you could be the one selling to them <laughs> you know selling to the people like kind of get tricked like you know so like things that like this is like a sad reality of the crypto ecosystem that like you know that it you you can't like like the, the, you, you can't apply your own personal like morals and ethics to the price chart like the whole game is to buy low, sell high. Even if you think that it's kind of like, you know, could potentially be like some kind of wonky like this, like this is, you know, literally like, that's like nonsense. Like, <laughs> you know, like you don't want to buy the top of this thing. You know, you, you want to, you want to sell the top of this thing. So that makes it like a good trade thing. So like, I wouldn't recommend this in like a long-term hold thing unless it really picks up traction and like, you know, you're like really earnest about what they're trying to do. No, um, I really feel like this is just like a quick flip. Yeah, this, this I, yeah, like that, that's how I'm, I'm approaching it. So like, don't risk a lot of money that, that like, you know, you'd be upset if you, if, if it like truly went to zero. Um, but like. And to buy this one, just, just go on um, Uniswap and then I can link my MetaMask wallet to yeah. it. And then there's already in there from. Um, hex because I bought more hex I messaged you the other night and I bought more hex um, I did it the it was down to about like 2930 uh -huh. um, so I just want to see how to do this and I'll just do a small amount on this yeah yeah so here I can um, that'd be a good thing to, so here I'll just do it on um, so first I'm going to go to hex because all I have, actually, no, I, I have a little bit of ETH, so I can, um, I don't need to sell any hex to do this example. So say we want to go, um, so power actually, like you can actually buy power on this. So they embedded Uniswap into their page. So you can actually buy right here. Um, and so like, so if you go to unipower.network, let me share this in the chat. And then also share in the chat that token, um, token mint, like the link to that one too. Token. I'll share a couple links. So you got token mint and then, yeah, I've been thinking about launching, I would want to launch something kind of more like Hex like an interest bearing one or like a, like a, maybe even like a lending token. 
Let's do it. Well, pause the recording and we can talk about it after. I'm not, I'm not even joking. I'm serious too. Yeah. I actually, uh, like remember, I think I've, I've shared with you about like my experience with simple token. Yeah. Um, that was the whole idea behind it. Like we were, we were trying to launch our own one. Um, but it was just like too hard back then, but now it's gotten a lot easier. But like all, all you do, like say, you know, I'm going to buy, uh, you know, 25 power, you know, I'm going to spend 20 bucks to buy this here power. Um, so all you literally, all you do is just, so make sure you're linked up to MetaMask. And then this is already linked. Like my browser is already linked to MetaMask or the, the Uniswap's already linked to MetaMask. So you just hit swap, confirm swap. Hit confirm. And now you just wait. How often are you watching this token? Um, I mean, I look at, I have the chart. So the, the charts, like, I look at, um, like where I look at the hex price is on uniswap.hex.vision. Um, so that's where I look at the hex chart. The creator of the site also made uniswap.vision. Um, and I actually think it's the same exact one. And on here, like, you see how you can like type in power? Like you can type it in up there and then you can, you know, you, you can look at it. There's other ones. The other one that I, that I, I'm kind of interested in is called ghost. Another one that's like a trade, um, like a trade coin. This one is created by John McAfee. And he's kind of like a famous character in the crypto space. Mm -hmm. Um, he claims this is supposed to be like a privacy coin. As far as I know, it's pretty much like a boilerplate code thing that they're trying to build up stuff around it. So like, you know, I, I like, again, like I, I don't think that has like a long-term hold use case. So don't put like serious money into it. Um, but I think that like, like if you remember, John McAfee used to do these things like John McAfee, coin of the day <laughs> back when like there was like hysteria in the markets um he was getting these crypto currencies to pay him $105,000 to just tweet about their coin and let's see if we can see any examples like zoom in on this one so he, you know, tweets and then price will go up like a hundred percent. So like that, that's kind of subsided that a lot of that was really fueled by hysteria, but mm -hmm. he's the creator of this and like, you know, he's the creator of Mac McAfee antivirus software. And so like, I think this one could pump on like meme effect. Just people that are like buying it just because it's John McAfee. Um, and because it's so new, like it just launched like two, just over two weeks ago, mm -hmm. I already had like a big, you know, like a 123% pump. I wish I would have bought it when, cause like I, I heard about this when it launched, but I wasn't really as tuned in on unit. Like I didn't really dig into like these other Uniswap coins until just recently. 
So like, you know, it's already had that first hundred percent gain yeah. like, because it's on Uniswap. And what I was talking about with those liquidity pools, because it's like, there aren't people that are like stacking up sell orders very high, like new money coming in can really make the price just like continue to go up. Like, because like people aren't sitting here waiting with like bids. Like there aren't people that have like bids to sell ghost at like, you know, when, when it gets to, you know, this price, there aren't people that have bids set there. Like you have to actually be there ready to trade, ready to sign a transaction with MetaMask to trade on Uniswap. So like sometimes price can just really run on, on these Uniswap coins is what, what I, I think that's contributed a lot to Hex's run is that uh, it's it like primarily trades on Uniswap. So that's like, you know, and, and since it's had a, like its first hundred percent run, like people are looking at it. Um, so I think this one could, could pump too, just cause it kind of has that like meme effect. What's uh, the time frame? Like, like when, when you see it looking like this, what do you, like your guesstimates? Cause they're really good. Probably I'm looking for like within a month or two, like, you know, uh, when it, so usually the, like the way that these cycles kind of run is, um, let's try to oh, I hate how it keeps logging me out. Um, so like, let's pull up, okay, we're going to look at, we'll, we'll pull up Bitcoin US dollar. We're going to add Ethereum BTC. And then we're going to add, um, you know, what's a good example? Okay, I, I guess here, here's what we'll do. Um, so the candles on this chart are, that's the Bitcoin price in dollars. And then the red line is the Ethereum price in measured in Bitcoin. So the way this usually works is that like Bitcoin kind of leads the way. So like Bitcoin, like for example, like right here, Bitcoin starts going up. And then like once Bitcoin has started going up, um, like what makes Bitcoin go down is like people taking profit on Bitcoin and settling back into dollars. But not everyone who's taking profit on Bitcoin is settling into, into dollars. Sometimes people are taking profit and taking their profits in Ethereum. So like, you know, Bitcoin like went on this move up, you know, to like right about here. And then like what you can see is that Ethereum started to rise. So that like is probably primarily like one, like honestly, like I think Hex has actually contributed to a lot of Ethereum going up because people are buying, you have to buy Ethereum to buy Hex. So like, you know, there, there's that factor, but like if we're only like thinking about like, like people that are trading between Bitcoin dollars and Ethereum, um, you know, say someone had dollars, they bought Bitcoin, they let it rise um, you know, they start selling their, um, you know, they start selling their, um, 
like they start selling the Bitcoin, some people are selling into dollars. That's what's causing these, you know, the push exhaustion, like the exhaustion is people taking profit into dollars. But like at the same time, some people are taking profit into Ethereum, you know, because the value, you know, maybe they're measuring in dollars. You know, they, they bought, you know, $5,000 of Bitcoin. Now it's worth $7,000. And now they're taking, you know, $2,000 worth of that and buying Ethereum with it. So now they have $5,000 of Bitcoin and $2,000 of free Ethereum. Um, and so that's that like Ethereum usually trails Bitcoin when there's like a big run up, uh, in Bitcoin, then like Ethereum can kind of start trailing because like some percent of people, like there, there are two categories. There are people that are, um, they're taking profit in Ethereum. And then there's another group of people that they're looking at this. They were sitting on the sidelines. And they're like, oh, wow, I just missed this, like, you know, big run up on Bitcoin. Maybe Ethereum will pump next. And so people start buying Ethereum. So there's like two groups of people that are like buying here. That's people that are that missed out on the Bitcoin run. And then there's people that actually got into the Bitcoin run who are taking profit. So, you know, that like Ethereum here, like this, this, this red line, like, here, let me change the color just so it's a little bit more um, distinct. We'll make this line purple. So this purple line, that's the Ethereum. The, this is Ethereum versus Bitcoin. Um, so now like between, you know, late January and mid-February, Ethereum way outperformed Bitcoin. And, and then like, so that, that it, it kind of go in these cycles. Like, you know, one thing will be pumping, you know, like Bitcoin's pumping here while Ethereum to Bitcoin is staying flat. Um, and then when people are taking profit in Bitcoin to Ethereum, then it starts pumping, you know, Ethereum's pumping and then Bitcoin starts slowing down. Um, so like a similar phenomena is probably going to happen like with these ones. So, um, like, let's see if we can add, uh, ETH USDC. Um, Let's go to percentages. Uh, that's not good. Let's. Uh, that's a good way to look at this. Um, okay, we need to compare it, but add symbol not overlaying. ETH USDC. Okay, that's better. So. Let me hide this volume. <coughs> oh, excuse me. Okay, so this this bottom chart is the is like the um, the Ethereum one, and the top one is Ghost. This might be a good example because it's it's so early that like these these like cycles haven't really been established yet. There hasn't been enough time. Like the Bitcoin Ethereum one kind of goes in that pattern because it's been good. It's been happening for so long. It wasn't a cycle. So like, I, I, I think that like if there's an upcoming, I mean, it already kind of has been um, like if Ethereum starts pumping, mm -hmm. I think that like when Ethereum is pumping, that's probably a good time to like 
when Ethereum's pumping, like after a while, that's probably a good time. Like even like right now, like that, that's kind of why I started buying these other ones because Ethereum has been pumping for the last, you know, let's look at the week chart. Like Ethereum's kind of been on a, you know, upward trend. It's been ranging kind of here, but like if Ethereum starts running, I'll probably want to be holding Ethereum. But then like towards the tail end of that, like is when people will start taking profit from Ethereum into other things and things that are new, like, especially since like a lot of these Uniswap coins, you know, like Hex had this like, you know, miraculous run, you know, Power had this run right off the bat. Ghost, uh, what's another one? Wait, let's just like pick a random one. Uh, you know, this one's been around longer, so maybe that's not. I mean, even still, that, that's still, you know, pretty strong. You know, I'd, I'll, maybe I'll look into this one. I don't even know what this one is. But like, there's so many of these that, like this, oh my gosh, I was looking at this one last night and it's up. Okay, that's. That one's called fun. <laughs> okay, I mean, that's definitely 10%. Okay, but like, you know, things that have already pumped, that have like, you know, history, have pump history, those are things that people might take profit in if Ethereum starts going on a run. So, like, you know, those are like, if Ethereum goes on a run and then Ethereum starts to like kind of taper off and other things start pumping, like, you know, you want to be in those other things before they start pumping. And then when they're pumping as if, like, if they're going up while Ethereum is starting to slow down, that would be a good time to sell and, and, and take profit in some of these like shorter term trade coins. Um, so yeah, that, that's like, so, you know, like look, look at these charts. Um, but also like Ethereum is kind of the heartbeat of all of these ones. So, uh, that, that, that's what I'll be monitoring when I'm looking to sell these is like, what's Ethereum doing? Cause it's like a good indicator of like where the general market is.